Welcome to the Restless Creatives podcast. Comfortable chats with inspirational creatives. Hosted by three self-confessed restless creatives, Lucy Hunter, Fiona Pickles and Bridget Girling. This week, we chat with Kaz Harrison of Making Waves, a brand designer and web designer who has really found her niche. We explore how she did this and why. Here she is. I'm hot now. <laughs> that log on the fire. Never happened. <laughs> Ever. Hello. 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 Here she is. So, you know Lucy? Hello. Yes. Yeah, I know. Goodness, it's been ages, hasn't it, since I last spoke. Yeah, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah. And you don't know Bridget? No. No. But hello. No. I feel like I know all about you. But I was going to say, I, obviously <laughs> I know all about you as well. <laughs> oh, your homes look so fabulous as well. Look at mine and my horrible radiator. <laughs> So, Kaz, obviously we've worked together lots. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry lots. about that. <laughs> um, but before we go into stuff, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself? And you know, because you've got so many hats, how do you describe yourself? Oh. Uh, you know, and it's even you know, how do we describe you? So just give us a bit yeah. of insight. Oh, that's lovely. Well, it's interesting that you should say that I, should, I have so many hats because I think. Well, let me start at the beginning. So I'm a graphic designer, essentially. So I um, went to university, went to university in Surrey um, and had a fabulous time there. You'll, well, I'll skip over this bit quite quickly, but I did start a degree in geology, would you believe it, before oh. I started uh, graphic design. I did all the sciences first because I thought that was the right thing to do because I went to a grammar school. It was very academic, um, but, uh, and I really enjoyed it, but I, in doing the sciences realized that that just wasn't me and I was a creative god and I wanted to do something creative so I uh, did a foundation course um, discovered graphic design went on to uni and um, and then was looking for a job in Guildford and found Fiona Humberstone who um, who had just opened up a print shop actually it was a print shop at the time and uh, she was looking for a budding graphic designer so I uh, for the job and long story short got the job and that was in 2005 um, so we then spent the next eight years working together and we developed it into a into a branding agency and I in that time really started to discover myself a lot more and um, and my style um, and I think even probably not not long ago even as much as maybe I don't know five or six years ago I think probably there was a naivety in the way I approached my work because I thought I could just turn my hand to every style and I thought that was the right thing to do you know be everything for everybody but actually it's the polar opposite you know you need to really find your niche and run with it and um and just not be afraid to do that and I think you know we're all constantly learning and I'm always learning as I go along and I'm gradually finding my niche and learning more about what I like and what I don't like, what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy. And it's led me to today. And I have a business of my own on the south coast of Devon and right by the sea. And I've got a lovely, lovely lifestyle down here. Um, it looks very idyllic. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the photos really actually sum it up completely. I mean, it's just, it is that spectacular. It's lovely. 
And I think the one thing I truly did miss when I lived in Surrey was the sea. I always mm. felt like mm. I missed the sea, the sea air, the coastal vibe. Um, so were you yeah. born by the coast then? I wasn't born by, well, I say that. I was born in Norfolk, so I wasn't born right by the oh, coast. so line. close to me. Really? <laughs> ah, okay. I'm in Suffolk. Ah, not far away. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a lovely part of the world. And I, there's a big part of me that makes, that feels like that's home as well. Um, I still have family on my mum's side there, so we go back occasionally and, um, and catch up. And it does feel part of me loves that part of England. But, um, but Devon is my true home, absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine life not being down here. Um, I'm sure you all feel the same about your own homes. <laughs> and of course, you can dabble in your geology. <laughs> You've got some nice rocks and fossils near you. Oh, we have. Oh, it's quite spectacular down here with the Jurassic coastline. Yes. Are you near Lime Regis then? Are they? Are you near Lime Regis? Yeah, absolutely. Lime Regis is um, three bays along. So I think it goes Seat, no, Beer, then Seaton, then Lime Regis. Yeah. My favourite place as a child. We used to go there. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, it gets quite busy in the summer months and it seems to get busier and busier every year to be honest um but it's all good you know it's it's what drives our you know the tourism is wonderful down here when it does happen we have a folk festival in town here every year first week of august which obviously hasn't happened last year for the first time and i don't know when um but it's a wonderful week when you know there's live music every day all day and lots of folk dancing <laughs> and fiddles and all that sort of thing and I love all that. I love things that bring the community together as well that feeling of almost like you're protected by everyone around you um I think that comes from just growing up I was two when we moved to Devon so it, I, it, you know as I said to Fiona actually in a phone call recently it, in the winter time it used to be just us and a few fishermen and not, not much else you know but now it's it's much more busy you know you go out in the night time and there's there's always someone <laughs> so from the the graphic design side which i can kind of get my head around um how does the website side of that fit into that because to me they seem like two really different disciplines they are absolutely right and i've always advocated that they're two very different things actually um i've probably spent the last five or six years telling people not to employ the same person for their branding as they do their website. Um, well, I've just but, done that. <laughs> but I think websites are constantly changing. You know, we all know the digital world is constantly changing and um, and platforms are evolving and support structures online are becoming stronger for people to be able to do these things themselves, you know, if they want to. Um, but there is that not natural hybrid between doing the branding project and that leaning straight into the website um, and very often my clients like you Fiona want to feel you know they feel that having gone through the branding process that I understand their brand I understand them I understand their ethos their values their attributes all the things that they hold dear um, it only feels right to work with the same person for the website um, so yeah. yeah I mean having gone through that that it, it felt I think it would have really stressed me out if I'd have had to go from you doing the design to then somebody else doing the website because you know, we got to a stage, didn't we, 
where we kind of understood each other so well and you know there was a lot that was unsaid and, and you know it's just like you knew what I meant and you know there was all sorts of can you make it messy but not too messy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't really want that there and, and I mean there was a lot of stuff but you automatically got to understand it through the design thing and then it yeah. carried through to the website and I genuinely think that if you hadn't have done that branding, that website wouldn't have looked how it looks. No. Um, and you know, it was it was a really interesting process to go through. Do you want to just talk about how the process works from your side? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important for me as a designer to understand who I'm working with. You know, the personality of that individual, even if you know they might be reasonably detached from the product that they're selling it's still very important that I understand their personality because somehow that will come into it. Um, very rarely do you have a brand personality or an individual's personality that's so very different to the brand personality that they want. Mm. Um, so understanding them is really important. And it sounds daft, but it comes down to um, what the individual might, might, individual might be wearing what they you know how they speak their mannerisms their you know the home oh God, she's watching us. <laughs> yeah I'm looking at all of you um, but I think you know those those all as I say lean into what happens next and but how do you do that how do you get to understand that personality because I, I can completely get that you you would like to be able to do that but how do you actually do that is this do you like to I mean obviously not at the moment but meet people face to face or is there a lot of communication through this kind of technology or how do you understand that personality? I absolutely insist on meeting that individual on some level, whether it's over video call or whether it's in person, um, because that will, that will be able, I'll be able to read their personality in that sense. A lot of this comes from uh, color psychology as well, which you may or may not have heard of. Um, really want to dig into that when you get yeah it's it's so much deeper than just color um mm. it's about shapes and forms and um you know be them and colors but also tones you know and whether you know someone chooses to wear something that's tonal or that you can see behind you Bridget that your <laughs> your home looks quite tonal you know you've got nothing that's really but your your style I can already see is very different to say Lucy even so it's <laughs> You know, I'm not flying into your home. That sounds awful. <laughs> oh my goodness, I need a screen up. <laughs> no, there's no judging. It's not It's not used for that at all. It's so that I can just gauge how you might react to what I design. And I can... I think that's really interesting, actually. Sorry, Kaz, but it, um, from when I design gardens for clients, it's the same principles. You have to know... You have to see really inside that person's house you know so you go in for a, an introductory coffee and you talk but what you can just and it's not being nosy it's not prying but it's just that what you can glean from what's on hanging on the walls to Absolutely. you know whether the place has that very homely slightly cluttered feel or whether it's spartan you know it's just those kind of hints yeah that tell you what then they are going to like outside, what's going to resonate with them and make them feel comfortable. Because there's no point in designing something for somebody 
that isn't doesn't speak to them you're designing for somebody aren't you rather than yourself and I think that's exactly. really yeah exactly um yeah and you know for you it's it's creating three-dimensional space mm. isn't it whereas all I'm exactly the same it's just making it two-dimensional on screen mm. or on paper um but I think you know yeah you've touched on a good point because again that that links with knowing understand and understanding someone's personality um because I think it's knowing how to translate that into a way that they feel resonates with them. Um, it's so difficult to articulate because it is often a feeling. It's a feeling yeah. and it's, an, it's observation as well as that, you know, and, and like I said, mannerisms. Um, you three are all actually quite similar. Um, there are slight differences, but you're all, you're all fairly similar. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you if we had, say, someone else on the call who... Um, was quite outspoken who had quite dramatic you know maybe dark black and white clothing on or you know instantly would tell me something you know they might command the conversation a bit more you know they might be a bit more forthright that would instantly tell me what kind of design styles to I'd be thinking what sort of fonts to use what colors to use what mm -hmm. kind of shapes to use it says so much um, yeah. I mean, that, that colour psychology, it's so, so interesting and it carries through to so many different disciplines, doesn't it? I was watching um, Sophie Robinson's webinar last week, I think it was, and she yeah. uses colour psychology a lot. And, you know, even things like, so autumn people absolutely have to have an open fire and things like that, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, it's like every sort of design area it, it feeds into and it's just, it's just magic, really, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It opens so many doors once you get a deeper understanding, and mm. I'm still learning about it, you know. But but in understanding that process in more detail has allowed me to understand my style more as well. Mm. And if you're working with people who link with your style that connect with you and your personal style, then you're onto a winner because, you know, like you, Fiona, I think you're deeply autumn and you know and you're you know there may be hints of winter in you but I'm in the same place but but with differences but I think that's why we get along because I I just I understand your your angle I understand your preferences and um and they just happen to connect quite closely with mine so Is Kaz, what you, uh, sorry I was just going to say Kaz can't automatically knew without me saying anything that like texture was really important and so in the website there's like lots of textures and you know so I love interesting things and and just movement and you know you were able to bring that into it without any sort of me saying oh can you do this and can you do that I mean I stepped back so much from that website it was just literally you do it I don't want to know anything just tell me when you're ready <laughs> and <laughs> it's exciting but that must be just like the perfect scenario for you Cass that your client has just said just tell me when it's finished. <laughs> I mean, obviously they're interested, but they trust oh, you implicitly. Not yeah. Which is absolutely, yeah. The trust is integral because, and that doesn't just come through um, like a, a single moment thinking, oh yeah, I trust this person now. I think it just comes in conversation, doesn't it? You, you just know you have a feeling whether they understand you or not, um, and. I have worked with other brands that fall more into the winter side of things. And like you, Lucy, you lean a little bit more into the summer um, side of things, ever so slightly. Um, and 
I like that challenge because as a designer, it pushes me, mm-hmm. but I know that I would never go near a spring brand because it's not me. It's not my style. <laughs> um, and, you know, as I said, as a designer, that's just me exploring who I am, my style and, um, and actually being brave enough to say, no, I'm not going to work with someone who isn't my style because I know it's not going to work. And I know that you're not going to be happy with what, with what I create. And mm-hmm. you'd much rather work with a designer who, excels in that spring area that's really interesting because that's what i was going to ask before is about you saying you you know finding your niche so you have you found your niche through the color psychology understanding yourself and knowing what will work best for you and who you will work best with yeah i think probably yes um a large part of it that and a large part of it just being true to myself i think and that comes with age and wisdom and all those <laughs> other things you know and just being honest um I think you know through I'm 40 now but through my early 30s even then I think I probably thought I knew who I was but you you know you it is about exploring yourself and being brave and honest about who you are and not and yeah and just being brave enough to say no to the ones that aren't don't feel right um which so would you say no to a spring brand if someone came on and they were out and out spring yeah yeah, i do and i actually question why they contacted me (laughs) that's interesting isn't it because why would they i suppose you know if people are recommending you and talking about you it's like oh kaz is brilliant you know and they don't sort of look at much more than that maybe many of the spring brands or the brands that aren't quite right for me find me through google um, oh, okay. um i find the ones that are right are often through um through recommendation um or have been through my site in detail and read it properly and you know and really um have fallen in love with the way i design and want that for themselves um so yeah it's a they find me differently, the wrong ones. Um, I don't want to class them as the wrong ones, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, well, they are the wrong ones, really, aren't they? Yeah. Not, you're not suited for them and they're not suited for you. So it's never yeah. going to end well, is it? Well, and no. also, once you're busy, there's only so much you can do. And it, it sounds like what yeah. you do, it's not a short, quick process. This is a this takes time to develop and produce and make everybody happy, including yourself. So. You can only be in one place at a time. You're only one person. So actually saying, no, you're not right for me means that the next person who comes along could be perfect, your dream client. So yeah, being brave and saying no is it's a big step, but yeah, it pays off. Yeah, it does. And it's it's better for me and it's better for the individual for, you know, and I'll often point them in the right direction. You know, there's lots of other designers that I know of who are completely different to my style. So I'll just point them in that direction. but yeah, it's much more productive to just be honest from the start. And if I always, always follow my gut feeling, mm. and if somebody wants to change my process, if somebody wants to do something slightly differently, even if that's a tiny little thing, I if they if they're not prepared to come to my process and do it my way, <laughs> then I'll just say no because I just know that it's not going to work. And that sounds very confident, but it's taken me a long time to get to that point. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's interesting though isn't it is that as a designer I I do think that it does take you quite a long time to get to the point when you first start out you want the work you haven't you haven't worked out who you are yourself and it's only actually maybe 15 years on or even longer that you actually become more confident in 
and then start to attract the business that is right for you that's authentic for you yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's all a learning curve <laughs> it's it's so interesting though isn't it because i mean even just getting to know yourself is really really important isn't it you know so when i was younger i used to, one of my friends was very tiny and she used to wear like tiny jewelry and you know when you look at stuff and you think oh i love that and you think oh i'll try that and you wear it and it's like you look back and you think, I just do not suit tiny jewellery. It's taken me quite a long time to get to the stage where I know I need chunky jewellery that, you know, is sort of like ugly and I don't suit that fine, delicate stuff. And it's a very similar thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. I think you're right. It's, it is when you're young, you are trying to discover yourself. <laughs> As you said, Cash, you get to a certain age and you start to think, I think I've pretty got the measure, pretty much got the measure of myself now. And you have that confidence of just thinking, mm. I don't have to explore what everybody else is doing because I know what's right for me. But I think that probably continues for the rest of your life as well, actually. Yeah, I think there's an enormous pressure as well as a designer to follow trends, you know, to you, you, you feel like you're constantly being watched by other designers or, you know, you've got to keep up to speed with what they're creating or you you know you're there's always this inner demon you know that you're looking at other people's work and thinking oh I could never do that in a million years you know <laughs> but I used to beat myself up about that and I think a lot of designers do still maybe you know I do occasionally when you know we all have bad days but um I think what's integral to the way I work is um is that I communicate what my client wants and not what I think looks good and that's the point it's about empowering my clients so that they feel stronger in their business that they can go on to um to create that new range of products because they never you know because they never had the confidence to do it before because they didn't really believe in their brand style it's it's just giving them that little ignition that flame inside again that the reason they started the business in the first place that's why i find what they do so powerful and that's why what designers do is so important it's not about following trends it's not about creating something that looks lovely because you want a pat on the back from other designers it's about creating something that works for that individual that gets them to the next level that makes them feel proud you know and and as I said, brings back that little spark, that little spark of magic inside, you know. We all want Gosh, that. that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. And it does. It, it, you know, having, having been on the receiving end of that, it does do that. And, you know, I mean, we were desperate to get the website live, weren't we? It was like, I just want to get yeah. it out. But <laughs> it ended up being quite a long thing, not because of Kaz's thing, but, um, yeah, just it grew arms and legs, really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did, but, you know, that happens and that's fine. That's just part of the process, yeah um but yeah it's that feeling of giving power back mm. and I've only just realized I think probably in the last year certainly with working with you Fiona and um and a couple of other projects where I thought wow you know the, the power of what I do is amazing and and if if someone approaches me and doesn't understand the power of that design and what it can create then then we either need to just you know maybe go away and come back at a later stage when you do or we're not right for each other you know because um yeah it's a it's really powerful and it's it's just design at the end of the day and it, you know like any other businesses like the floral industry it's incredibly competitive you know there are loads of designers out there that you know that are 
will jump onto Illustrator and knock up incredible designs. You know, you can jump onto websites and download things for free. It's all there at your fingertips, isn't it? But if it doesn't feel um, soulful and, and, and deep and meaningful to you and your business, then, then it's not going to be right, is it? So I've said this before, sorry, I feel a bit like I'm sort of dominating, but it's, it's kind of, we've gone through the process quite recently, so it's all relevant. But um, so we were on, we were actually on Fiona Humberstone's um, retreat. Was it year before last? Yes, year before um, last. Well, I mean, Kaz was hosting <laughs> um, and I was attending and Kaz had a, a seminar on websites. And before I went into it, it's like, so this is my old website. Before I went into it, I was like, I'm okay with my website. You know, it's 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 nice. It sort of represents me. I've done it myself, just a Squarespace thing. So I'll just go and see what information I can pick up, but I don't need to change my website. So half an hour later or an hour later, when I came out of Kaz's presentation, it was like, I need to <laughs> completely <laughs> scrap my website and start again. Honestly, it was like that. It was just, oh my God, you know, and... And from that moment, I mean, that, it took quite a long time from that to actually contacting you to get in touch. And, and I think that was a deliberate thing. You know, I, I think I wasn't in the right place. I was so busy at that stage, wasn't in the right place. And had we gone down that route, I don't think we would have ended up with what I've got. No, now. No. You're absolutely right. That was an important journey, I think, for you to take. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's important as well, to give yourself time and space. You know, if you're someone who is looking to rebrand, um, it's a big decision it needs to be thought through carefully and the brief is going to be it, it needs to be crystal clear you need to have that focus um, and a lot of that comes from what we've already talked about you know defining your style you know and getting to the heart of what you are all about and understanding your differences to others um, because that will be um, you know that will be what your designer runs with um, um, that will need to be crystal clear so yeah you're absolutely right Fiona I think had you not taken I think it was a year <laughs> by the time you contacted me yeah. but that was like you say we would not have been in where you are now with without yeah. going through that process in your mind and, and finding that focus and that might take a month for people that might take a year but you need to feel absolutely in the right place before you even contemplate investing in design yeah. I think defining your difference is probably one of those things in most creative fields that people find really difficult. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, well, I paint, you paint, you use oils, I use oils, I like painting the sea, you like painting the sea. So when somebody comes to you, do you want them to have already worked that out or do you help them work that out? Because sometimes you just can't quite get to the nub of it yourself, can you? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right, Bridget. I think that's the challenge for many. And I, I find um, a lot of my, well, my current, a lot of my work comes from um, people like Fiona, um, or people have gone through the process with a branding consultant, um, if they felt it a challenge to conquer it on their own. Um, so I love working with people who have already uh, figured that out and that are ready to hit the ground running because I'm not a brand consultant I'm not um, I, I you know I could be and actually funnily enough when I started the business six years ago seven years ago I was doing that very thing you know I was sitting on video calls and I was going through people's briefs and I was picking it apart and I was trying to get to the heart of all of it and it's not like I found it hard it's just I didn't enjoy it um, 
And so it's only been in the last sort of two or three years where I've thought, oh, I just don't want to be a part of this. And, and I, it's not where I, I excel. I would much rather just hit the ground running, go straight into the line. Um, so, you know, I'm very fortunate that people who have worked with Fiona or, um, or have managed to conquer their brief on their own and they've got to a point where they're ready, um, most, you know, they, most of them are in that situation. Um, but many aren't. And I just say, look, there's about 20 to 30% of this brief missing and I need you to get there. Um, try this lady, try this lady, or you know, try working with so-and-so and, and then come back to me when you're ready. Again, that's very empowering, isn't it? It's strong. It says, you know what, I can do this for you, but you've already, I, I can't wave a magic wand. You've got to give me something. Well, no, it sounds, it sounds quite ruthless when I listen to myself back like that. Um, <laughs> no, but it isn't. It, it's no. like Bridget says, it comes across as strong and, and you know what you need. And people want, well, I would have thought people want to be told if they're not in the right place to do mm. it. You don't I want to kind of... It's almost a sense of relief. Yeah. When yeah. somebody you know, takes control because you've got so many thoughts going on in your head. And yeah. I think I, when I came to you, gosh, I can't remember how many years ago it was now. It was a few, wasn't it? Three yes, yeah. it was but, you know, I sort of, you, you got to the crux of what I was trying. I didn't have really know what I was doing. I've been a landscape designer for a long, long time and suddenly wanted to become a floral designer, you know, and you sort of pick those bits out, but you were like, no, you've got to do this. You've got to, you know, it was like, oh, thank you. Somebody's going to, you know, somebody's going to take control and be a bit more, you know, and that was, that was brilliant. Yeah. And for the, for the people who I do say, you know, about 20% of this room is missing or this doesn't make sense to me. Um, I do get a bit nervous when I say that because I think they're going to go, they're just going to say, oh, well, I thought it was ready, <laughs> you know, and just, and, and then I'll be, they'll be utterly disappointed. But actually nine times out of 10, they go, oh, I'm so pleased you said that because I knew that something wasn't quite right. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's not that they have to go back to the drawing board, but they just have to go back and ask themselves some deeper questions. Um, and, and, and I've just decided that and that's not something I want to be involved with because I think it's a really full-on time to focus and and um and that's you know something that a brand consultant can do really effectively if they can't manage it on their own yeah. so what do you so how does the website side fit in with things is that is that because I get it does feel a different thing because it's quite techy yeah. and geeky yeah isn't it? <laughs> There's a geekiness in me. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're in me. Channeling your inner geek. <laughs> we need some of that, us three yeah. of you. <laughs> you what, Lucy? Sorry. We need geekiness. We do. We do need geekiness. Yeah, I think that's probably the difference between you and I, Fiona, where I'm, you know, your lovely, beautiful, creative unruliness, you know, that does freak me out slightly because I'm... <laughs> Because I'm just a little bit more organised. I'm not saying you're not organised, but you know what I mean. I like things to be a bit more controlled. Yeah, and so um, <laughs> so that's probably my geekiness. And you know, the fact that I started to screw in geology says everything, doesn't it? Um, but I think there is part of me that I, I, again, it's something I've recognised in myself over, over the last sort of five years. I love architecture. I love furniture. I like antique furniture. I have a burning passion for all of. And, and then I realised that I love structure and lines and that's what ultimately drew me to into graphic design. Um, and so there is a sort of 
I feel like an engineering side of me that mm -hmm. I love. Mm -hmm. um, and I did study, before I did my degree, I studied, would you believe it, chemistry, biology, maths and statistics. And I actually really enjoyed that. Um, and so there's part of me that loves all that structure and mathematics. And I suppose that there is a bit of a passion um, that comes with building websites because, you know, I'm not suggesting I'm, I'm a web developer. I'm really not. And that is perhaps where there could be confusion because I'm uh, a web developer who codes websites is entirely different to what I do. So I'll build a Squarespace website because it has a user-friendly platform and I can push the boundaries of the design um, and I can play with code a little bit to get it to look how I want it to look, but I cannot build a website from scratch. You know, there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, they are two very different specialist fields. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I honestly don't think you can be a, a web developer who has this, who has a logistical mindset that mm. um, works in that way and be creative. You're, mm. I don't, I've never met someone who has both qualities, you can yeah. do both, yeah. or, or at least do both brilliantly anyway. Mm. And I think a lot of that, so as a, you know, a, a member of the public, if you like, it's difficult to understand all the sort of the nuances between all that, you know, we don't necessarily get that you know what's a web developer versus a web designer and you know i know that might sound sort of basic but you kind of go into it a bit like well, i just need a website i don't really know what i need <laughs> and that's where we need people to guide us you know and, and if if i wanted something completely different i imagine you just say well that it's not me you're looking for go and yeah. see this developer or whatever yeah i mean there has to be an underlying understanding of websites in general and i think before I started building the Squarespace website, I designed websites, you know, I would design them in, in Photoshop page by page, you know, and, and then they would get built by a web developer on something like WordPress. Um, so in, in, in that process, which I had been doing for many years, I acquired a really quite a deep understanding of how websites are built. And I think had I not had that initial understanding, having designed them first, I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing today as efficiently mm. as I am. Um, so yeah, it's been a learning curve. I haven't just been able to dive into building websites. Um, I've been involved in website design quite, you know, quite intensely for lots of years, just not been building them. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it, it's complex. You're absolutely right, and I think people. Um, people want to, you know, they want, for want of a better phrase, a one-stop shop experience. You know, they want to be able to go to a designer and know that everything is in their hands. That they don't need to go and repeat their brief to somebody else who may not quite understand it in the same way. Um, so, so yeah, that's where what I offer really, you know, resonates with people like you, Fiona, and and I can carry everything forward. It's just, yeah, and, and being able to take it forward intelligently. I think there's this. Um, you know, I'm not a control freak, but I like to, um, it, it really destroys me when I design a completely beautiful brand identity and then it goes into the hands of a web developer and it all sort of falls apart slightly because the design either hasn't quite been honoured or it just hasn't been taken to that level that I feel like it should have, you know. Um, so actually, my projects at the moment, every brand identity leads into a website. I just make sure it does. Um, or I have that discussion at the outset where it will categorically lead into a website because um, 
online presence is so important, you know, at the moment, even more so in the last year. And people are very conscious of that. Um, it's not just got to feel right, look and feel right. It's got to work properly. And um, and as I said, people just like the being able to work with the same person throughout. And I would I would be the same if it was me. You know, I'd want the same as well. Mm. I think there's a big um, lack of understanding to us <laughs> customers about the difference between brand identity you know and, and i think a lot of people think i'm just going to get a logo and you know it's so much more than that you know i mean the amount of files that you've sent me around the brand and, and everything you know it's just everything isn't it and it's... i think people think oh that's a lot of money to get a new logo it's like that ain't what it is <laughs> and it's how you sort of explain that to people because that's really really crucial for people to understand that really isn't it it is, and it's hard often to articulate the importance of it because um, I think, again, that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you have to be in the right mindset. You have to understand the value of what incredible design can bring for your business and for your mentality, you know, the mentality and your mental health within your business as well and how proud you feel about it. Um, I think... You know what comes with a with a logo or just the logo is there should be the brand character everything that falls around it it creates a character and that's colors and fonts and textures and um and the icons and whatever it is you know there's no one fixed answer to you know not everybody needs the same thing um it's about understanding what you're selling understanding how it needs to be sold and working out what needs to sit with that to make it sell harder. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's much more than just a logo. Um, and if you're of the mindset where you need just a logo, um, I think you need to go back to your brief and think really carefully about what how you want your business to change. Because if you're rebranding your business, it's because you want something to change. And it's not just about the look of your business and the impression it's giving, it's who you're working with. There's something not quite right in who you're working with or something's changed. So um, dig deeper and you'll realize that it's all that character that will resonate with those ideal customers you want to attract more of. Um, you know, we all want to work with those, you know, we all want to be doing work that we love the most. Um, you have to get the heart of that and it's so much more than just a logo mm. i almost feel i have to or i did probably less so now that i've been weaned off you but um, <laughs> i almost felt like i had to ask kaz for permission because it was like you know and i have got quite a good understanding of my style and, and what i like but there were still things like what do you think kaz do you think this and do you think that and you know it was sort of like deferring to you on <laughs> quite a lot of things because i felt you understood me that that well really yeah and that's you know really important to the process for my process and for you as well i think um you know bouncing off ideas with 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 one another you know with with the one person who understands your brand probably more than anyone after yourself mm -hmm. um you know you need to feel that you can do that with your designer and have total confidence in the answer you're going to get and know that it will be honest because 
you know, you mustn't be afraid to say, well, no, that's rubbish. You know, that's a rubbish idea. Don't do it. <laughs> it's not going to work. Which um, isn't what you'd get from asking family or friends, is it? You, you yeah. need that person who has the confidence of understanding why they're saying what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Friends and family are probably the worst people we can ask. They're not, you know, <laughs> they're totally biased. <laughs> they're not going to give you the answer that a customer, a potential customer would give. Um, and they're going to scrutinize to the point that it, they're looking beyond the overall impressions. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit difficult, difficult to articulate, but I find that, you know, with customers that say, oh, I showed it to my husband or I showed it to my daughter and, and she found this tiny little dot here. And, you know, and it, you'll find that they overcompensate. They're sort of looking for something wrong with it when there really isn't. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, whereas, you know, sometimes your customer will just stand back and want to see the whole experience and, and understand how they feel a bit more so. Um, but they're, they're not your they're not your tribe, are they? They're your family and they're your tribe in that way, but they're not your customer. Mm -hmm. And I didn't show Brian, my husband, any of what you were doing until quite late on because I didn't want, not in a rude way, because he's actually really good at, you know, I mean, he used to be a designer himself and, you know, but it was like, I don't need someone who isn't my customer's opinion. And I didn't want to show him. And it was it, it was quite late on in the process where I was like, what do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> Hoping he wasn't going to say, that's absolutely atrocious. And of course he didn't. <laughs> but, you know, I almost felt like it was my thing giving to him. I wasn't asking for his approval or anything. I was just wanting him to see it and like it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it, don't show it to your family is probably one of the... <laughs> biggest piece of advice I'd say yeah yeah but I might have some positions maybe yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> whatever you do family's banned family opinion not needed <laughs> so what are you working on at the moment Cass can you say oh that's well, a good question that's a good question um, I mean don't reveal any sort of like secrets oh yeah do do <laughs> well I've um just before Christmas, I finished branding um, a photographer uh, who <laughs> who is um, uh, quite well known in our circles. Um, you might you, you'll you'll know who she is. Um, but actually, funnily enough, that brand style did push me. Um, she was much more towards winter, um, with little touches of summer. But it was there was no autumnalness in there whatsoever. So, you know, no lovely rough edges or textures or anything like that. It was all much cleaner and crisper and sharper and more dramatic in that sense. So um, that did push me. And I do like the old winter project because it pushes me, it challenges me. So I did that before Christmas. And at the moment, I am working on a, um, a lovely new, well, lots of things, actually. I've got couple of other websites on the go and I've got another branding project um underway at the moment uh yeah I don't want to reveal too much it's all a bit no, no. <laughs> but that must be difficult sort of managing all those different things at the same time and I was really conscious of that when when I was working with you you know I, I almost felt like I didn't want to sort of disturb you too much because I know once you're in the sort of design zone you kind of don't want people pestering you all the time do you yeah, it's um that's always a bit of a challenge. I just often just turn my emails off. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise I don't think I would get very much done in a day. Um so I just yeah, I just turn them off for 
few hours and crack on. Um, but yeah, the the websites, or at least with a branding project, there is quite a definitive start and end, and you can pretty much predict how long that's going to be. It generally is four to five weeks. Um, with a website, depending on the size of the website, it can vary massively. You know, as you know, Fiona, suddenly a, a website that you might want to or anticipate finishing in five or six weeks goes on for three months, and mm. and it, and then it's suddenly overlapping other projects, yeah. um, which is fine. It's just about managing time, and I'm very good at managing my time where I can and um yeah and just switching off emails and giving myself some headspace but of course as creatives the creatives that we are you have good days and bad days and sometimes they wake up and I think oh nothing's gonna happen today I can just feel it you know it's not gonna happen um so I'm just gonna make myself a strong coffee and go and watch a bit of afternoon television or something <laughs> <laughs> So where do you get your inspiration for your designs from? So, you know, the, the winter person comes to, to you and where do you start getting that from your head? Yeah, a good question. Um, I'm not one of these type of, types of people who has to dig very much for inspiration. I think I find my inspiration from outside, from nature and giving myself headspace and that often is just getting out going for a walk along the seafront or into the woods or something um and actually not being in front of my computer at all because if I start designing when I haven't given myself headspace and started to visualize it in my mind then I'll just end up pushing things around the screen for two hours it's a complete waste of time so with branding projects, very often the first week I haven't designed anything. Mm. I've just been thinking about it. Um, I've been thinking about the colours. I might start to put colours together. Um, I'll start tinkering with a mood board or something, but I'm not designing anything. I'm just piecing pieces together in my mind. Um, so that when I do sit down and start designing, it's a productive day because I can just rattle it all out much faster. Um, also, it sounds it's like, like a kind of magic, doesn't it? Yeah. There's something that just comes, floats to the top somehow. Yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, it can feel like that. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I sometimes I've, I've got in, you know, I've let a week go by and I thought, oh, this just isn't coming to me, you know? <laughs> and then I, and then I have to, I go back to the brief. It's just so important to go back to the brief and I'll reread it and, Often, then you know, you'll something else will spark, um, and it, it must come to me eventually. Um, and a lot of fan rendering as well. I, you know, I love drawing in sketchbooks with pencils and sketching out ideas, and um, before I even turn to the computer. Um, but yeah, I guess magic is one way of putting it, and magic and mind reading that's all I do. <laughs> <No>. Easy, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> what more can you ask? Is there anything you want to sort of talk about before we, we've got a few questions that we ask everybody at the end but before we hit on those is there anything you want us to sort of chat about yeah i mean we've covered lots really um no we've covered loads i'm just it's just lovely to spend some time with you ladies and <laughs> um this is actually my first podcast actually I, I did one with fiona quite some time ago but it's just really nice to be involved with you lovely ladies and and just Aww. you know 
maybe we can we can rebrand Bridget perhaps or <laughs> yeah, so I'm feeling to work. <laughs> oh and I need a tweak. I need a tweak at some point. <laughs> have to say Kaz and, and you will probably hate this. So for people listening, Kaz um, very, very kindly gave us the sort of template, the very starting thing for our Restless Creatives website, um, which we've sort of run with. And, and I, I do feel like saying, please don't look at it now because you've probably made a complete mess of what you've done. But um, now that I've got this new shiny toy to play with, <laughs> it's like, I'll just tweak this on the Restless Creatives website. And my poor, beautiful website is getting very neglected. So um, I need to sort of revert back to that because. And, and just looking at the website, my own website used to make, fill me with joy and just doing those really weird texts. So we haven't got any boxes of text that line up. It's all it's all movement, isn't it? And you know, sort of shape. So it's, I love getting involved in that. Anyway, let's get on with the questions. <laughs> so they can be as quick fire or as elaborate further if you want, as you like. Blimey, that sounds a bit... And don't panic, they're all, they're all quite high level, low level, whatever. <laughs> Definitely um, not high level. <laughs> cats or dogs? Pardon? Cats or dogs? Oh, sorry ladies, cats. I've I got know, three Bengal cats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a Maine Coon. Oh, lovely. I had a neighbour that used to polish their television with their Maine Coon because it was so fluffy. <laughs> Actually, used to polish the television with it. Like that. Sure, that's, that's a very tolerant cat. Sure, would like that very much. I don't think he's got big paws. Well, yeah, you'll know. As Bengals are, they I mean, Bengals are quite highly strung cats, and they're very demanding. Um, and they're very energetic. We've got posts and poles and wheels and everything everywhere um but they're yeah they're my babies sorry no to dogs no, i know okay. well i knew that I, I was going to sort of say ignore the fact that we've all got dogs but um <laughs> no because when we used to speak on the phone kaz and i i could always hear the cats in the background they were, they were very vocal weren't yeah. they i know i've closed the door today <laughs> oh you should have there's a beautiful picture on her instagram actually of one of the picture the cat's backs oh my goodness it's like a leopard yeah he's beautiful he's um yeah, we got him, we went all the way, Nick and I drove all the way to northern Snowdonia <laughs> to um, to go and pick him up. Um, yeah, he's a silver, so he's got very pronounced markings, but yeah, Tommy, he's a little devil. He's um, he's only two, and he, the other, the other little dudes, they're um, 10 or 11, maybe even 12 now, I think. So um, he's like the kid on the block who just annoys them. Do you let them out, child. or are they indoor cats? No, they're indoor. We, um, when we had two, the first two, they did used to go out because we used to live, um, when we lived in Surrey, we lived on a beautiful barn in the middle of nowhere. We had loads of fields and they'd all, they'd go out and run and go for miles. Um, but now that we live here and we're in a more of a town setting, there's mm. roads, so they just stay indoors. We've got a lovely, lovely big house. We've got loads of space. Mm. I'm the only one without a cat because you've, you've all got cats, haven't you? Yeah, I love my cat. We used to have a Bengal years ago, and he used to climb, literally climb the curtains and sit at the top of the curtain room. Yeah, lots of cats do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're little rascals, but yeah, Bengals in particular are very, they're, they're divas. Sure. <laughs> so what did you have for supper last night? Oh, my goodness. I love this. Nobody can ever remember. <laughs> Hang on, I have roast. Now I'm on Sunday. 
I honestly can't remember. Okay, well, don't worry. We'll go with the rose lamb. <laughs> yeah, no, I had rose lamb on Sunday. That was lovely because my dear dad, he's got an allotment, which is about two minutes over over the back of the house. And bless his heart, he just literally um, drops off fresh vegetables every week. And flowers. He, he dropped and flowers. flowers. Yeah, I know. He's such a darling. So, um, so, yeah, I had those with my roast lamb, fresh sprouts. And, um, Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> very impressive what song did you last listen to oh golly um i think it was on the radio i listened to mellow magic um on the radio every morning oh, really? and i think it was um i think it was hello by, by oh, what's his name oh, what's his name? oh. oh what is his name oh my god minor richie i could see Oh, so oh, that's that, going to be in my uh, head all day now. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? Um, son or C? Definitely C. But I do okay. love the son. I am I know, a bit that's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Can the two go together? Not necessarily. Well, you know, you could. Yeah, but she's got to choose one or <gasps> the other. If I, had, if, if I had a choice of being in a really sunny setting or right by the sea, it would be by the sea, yeah. But it was a tough call because I do love my son. I do love it. And when this is all over, I don't mean the podcast. I mean life, That's pandemics. <laughs> Where's the first place you'll go? The first place I go. Oh goodness. Um, it will probably be my parents' house, to be honest. Oh. Which is ridiculous because they're two minutes down the road. <laughs> um, and but I haven't been there. Mm. I've been there at all because my dad's um my dad has quite chronic asthma and lots of ailments and whatever so I've just felt it best to stay away um mm. and you know keep him safe but yeah that'll be the first place I go they've got a lovely house um saying the the valley in Sidmouth is beautiful so it's quite high and we're we're high up on one side of the valley and mum and dad are even higher up but closer to the sea so you go into their lounge and you can just get panoramic view of the sea it's oh, wow. so yeah I'll go there I think <laughs> I would. don't need to go anywhere then, else do you when you've got that? no well I might squeeze a holiday in <laughs> <laughs> where would you go oh goodness um I've always wanted to go to Sardinia has, any, has anyone been to Sardinia before I've been to Corsica I haven't been to Sardinia hmm. just wanted to go there not sure why but um yeah I'll probably look at holidays there maybe mm. um but Mallorca as well, because um, we had a, uh, you know, the retreat in Mallorca was lovely mm. and we did get mm. to see parts of it. But, you know, it was only there for was only there for four days and the previous retreat I've been on was still the same. So I'd like to explore country a little bit more. Um, I've been to Mallorca quite a lot. Um, and so I was there when they had the massive floods as well. Uh, but wow. there's some beautiful places up on the never eat northeast coast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never eat shredded wheat um yeah so up there there's some uh, really beautiful yeah. coves and it's you know it, it's got this really sort of bad, bad rep hasn't it for being a sort of like holiday island but it's yeah. such a pretty beautiful island yeah that's what i've heard and the parts i've seen have been beautiful so yeah i'd love to i'd love to check that out mm -hmm. and i would probably go back to the question go to Kansas. 
because my um my brother lives in Toronto and the last time I went over there was in well I think it was about 2011 so it's so long ago um but I, I've actually been there quite often but um but yeah I go and see him because I have a I have a nephew who I've never met so yeah wow yeah. Oh. I know I don't want to end on a sad note. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> no, but it'll be happy when you go and see. It. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's been, fabulous. It's been so nice to see you. It's uh, yeah, what a lovely way to spend Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're really busy. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I know. I've got loads to get on with, but um, I know. But I it's know. nice to giving us the time as well because I know you're really busy at the moment. So. Oh, no, absolutely. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. No, it's been tremendous. It's been wonderful to actually really hear about how you work. It's it's always been a bit of a mystery to me what what happens in this space. It's fascinating. <laughs> really oh, fascinating. Oh, thank you. It's lovely. We'll let you get on with your busy schedule. <laughs> yes. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye bye. See you. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Restless Creatives podcast. To ensure you don't miss our next episode, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Restless Creatives podcast. If you'd prefer to listen rather than watch us. You can catch us on one of your favoured podcast providers. For more sneak peeks and behind-the-scenes fun, visit our Instagram at the.restlesscreatives or visit our website therestlesscreatives.co.uk.